0: Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Dr. Jen.
1: And I'm Dr. Dom. And we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and PT pearls to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions.
0: Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. Coming up on this next interview, we have one of my really good friends, Julia Glanz. I know I say this a lot, like, oh, she's such a good friend. I'm just blessed to have really crazy smart people around me that I can ask anything to. So, Julia is a registered dietitian and a strength and conditioning coach. As well, she has her sport performance coach level one for weightlifting, uh, a certified speed and agility coach, and she was a D1 athlete in soccer. But above all, she is an absolute nerd. Like, she really is. So I, I am the person who's like, if someone's giving me a product, asking me about food, asking me about nutrition, I'm taking a photo of the label and I send it to Julia and I ask her opinion. So she is going to dive in on so many good things that are really going to be so supportive, help you understand your own health, your body and nutrition. So let's dive in. Hi, Julia. So excited to have you on. You are my go-to woman for all things, uh, reading labels, (laughs) whether it is a vitamin, a food source, whatever it like is. You're my dietitian guru. So thanks for being on. Thank you for having
2: me. I'm excited to dive into whatever we're diving into today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I know that Jen said you're you're the one she always goes to, same here. It's like anything, because I know, and it's, it might be a little bit of guilt on my side that I just am too lazy to look things up somehow, sometimes. And one, I know you'll probably know them already. And two, if you don't, you're just so curious that you're always digging into more information. So that's why we love going to you because we know like, oh, Julia's probably already dug into this. Um, so we don't have to do a little bit of the searching. Where I kind of yes, want to-
2: exactly. Totally.
1: And where I kind of <laughs> want to start is, you know, there's all of these- popular fads and things that people should be doing or you know eat keto or eat all meat or whatever it is and one thing that you said to us is you like talking to people who say to you i'm doing everything or i'm doing everything but nothing is working i'm trying everything and nothing is working what are some things you might say to that person
2: oh yes what a beautiful question and this is this is what i get so much and I can take this in probably 25 different directions. Let's do it. <laughs> let's start with women because mm-hmm. I primarily work with women who have tried dieting in the past, like you said, keto, low carb, high fat, no no carb, whatever it is. They've tried it and they've exercised, you know, every day they do their HIIT workouts or strength training or runs or Whatever it is, they're doing all the right things. They feel like they're eating healthy and they've still not lost the weight or the fat that they want to get off. Or even worse, they've started to gain weight and they just cannot understand why. And so what I tell this individual is like, okay, well, let's peel back the layers and see what's going on. And I'll have them do a... Diet recall, whether it's with me working one-on-one or just with themselves. And it's like, let's go ahead and see what foods you're eating and what are your portions like. And oftentimes, yeah, calories don't matter, but at the same time, when you're over consuming anything, Mm -hmm. it's going to matter. And so there's that part of it. And then as you peel back the layer, if food's okay and The portions are right for their body and activity level. Then it's like, okay, well, what, what stressors are going on in your life? And it can be emotional. It can be physical. It can be exercise, which is a physical stressor, which most people kind of, you know, slide under the rug because they think it's actually helping them, which we'll dive into in just a second. And then also it's like, are you consuming enough? Because in this day and age, people are looking at the internet and getting their information from them. And especially with intermittent fasting, obviously a topic I'm very passionate about. um, It could also lead women to start eating too infrequently, Mm
0: -hmm. for
2: lack of better Mm -hmm. words. And when this happens, for too long initially, it might work. So they'll get the results initially, um, at least a little bit. And as soon as you know, they stop seeing results, they wonder what's going on. And the reason for this is when you eat too little for too often, your metabolism starts to slow down. In addition to that, when you put too many stressors on your body, Your body keeps score. So whether it's intermittent fasting, too much exercise, outside stressors going on in in your life, environmental toxins, mold toxicity, like there's so many different stressors that our bodies have to handle. And when there's too much of that going on, your body gets into a stressful state to your sympathetic state, as I know you both talk about very often. And when this happens, your stress hormones elevate, specifically cortisol. And when cortisol is elevated, there is a lot of other things that happen simultaneously. So this beautiful hormone cortisol is responsible for, at least from what I've seen and The clients that I've worked with and the women that I've worked with um, uh, plays a big role in their inability to lose that excess weight. Mm. And so all that being said, when people feel stuck, if you are listening to this and you feel like you've done all the right things, you're doing all the right things, you're eating healthy, you're exercising, take a look at all the stressors in your life and see... If it could potentially be too much, because when it becomes too much, your body gets placed into storage mode. And more specifically, it stores in areas where you carry the most fat. So your belly, your upper chest, your arms. And so when people have that visceral fat, it's a vicious cycle because that visceral fat leads to excess estrogen, which leads to potentially more inflammation, which leads to more stress, more cortisol, which leads to more fat, which leads to more visceral fat, and so on and so forth. So that's the beautiful picture of what happens when your body's too stressed, and you still feel like you're doing all the right things, and it's not working. Totally.
0: So if someone went and got like a hormone test, and saw that they had, you know, hormones maybe something was going on with estrogen or cortisol or you know any of the hormones that are commonly tested is it just Mm -hmm. okay let me just go back and look at my stressors is it do i take supplements is it like how do we know what to do there's so many different tests there's so many different providers to see there's so many different people claiming that they're going to help us so it's like, it's a little bit overwhelming. You know, even if you were to tell me, just look at my stressors. Well, I have kids at home. I have a family to take care of. I have people to feed. I have, you know, it's like, it's hard to not be stressed, especially in this time
2: that we're in, in the world, in the pandemic. 100%. And this is why I always say there's not many things in life you can control but what you can control is what you put into your body and how you treat your body. Mm, totally. So that being said, while you can't control outside stressors, you can control the foods you eat, the supplements you take, the environmental toxins you expose yourself to, or that being said, like the toxins you put on your body. Um, Cause that matters too. And So for the mom or the dad or just anyone who has a lot of stress in their life, look at the foods you eat first. And in this, when you do test for your hormones, like you said, like the estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, um, cortisol, you'll find another layer, which could be how your body handles the metabolism of these hormones. So, that's where supplementation might play a role because if your body cannot handle the metabolites of these hormones and break it down and excrete them, that's when you get the buildup. Mm -hmm. And so, that's why testing is so important because it gives you insight as to what's happening on a deeper level So you can have a more targeted approach when it comes to nutrition and supplementation.
1: So I think that's important to hear. And I like a couple of the words that you used as far as like build up and, you know, how these hormones are metabolized in our body. And one thing that I want to know, especially for this person who says, I've tried everything and nothing's working, you know, sometimes it's easy as a human to get frustrated quickly and want to switch to the next thing and want to switch to the next Mm -hmm. thing and say, hey, I'm not. I'm not seeing progress. I'm not seeing this make any difference. And in reality, it seems like it's been a year, but it's, we've been doing it for five days or a week or something <laughs> like that. Like, how long does it take to make a difference? How long mm. do we have to do these things to make a difference, right?
2: That's a beautiful question. And whoever has the answer to this, <laughs> please send me an email. Let me know because I have no idea how long it takes. You know, It could mm-hmm. take some people a week. They start to feel less inflamed. It could take others six months. So it really depends on what is going on within your body and really how, how you're able to handle the stress. Mm-hmm. And so do you have practices in place, you know, like breathing, meditation, whatever it is for you? And can you dial down your exercise to 30 minutes for some for those people who have that high cortisol or high level of stress in their in their life and maybe it just takes turning the dial down a notch to progress forward for them and, and I- so that's why it's really important for individuals to work with someone because oftentimes if you're working on yourself you're blinded You have your own confirmation bias as to what you think is going to work for your body. And while, yes, you are the expert of your own body, sometimes it takes an outside perspective to help gear you in the right direction. Totally. I have a few questions I want to ask out of that. (laughs) I mean, one, you know,
0: how do we know what clinician to turn to and what kind of testing that we're doing? Like, do you have tests in
2: mind that you recommend Yes. So, if if feasible, right? Because there obviously is a cost to getting all this testing done. So, I understand that it's not possible for everyone. And so, if I were to pick one, it would be start in the gut because that can tell you so much information of what's going on. And I use Genova Diagnostics, their comprehensive GI stool test. And it's called GI effects. And what this does is look at your gut inflammation, dysbiosis, maldigestion, and infection. And this can tell you so much about what's going on and potentially even like why you're not able to lose weight. Because if you have an infection or a parasite in your body, Mm. and it can be dormant or alive, but it requires like energy to keep that thing in there. And so your body's diverting energy to this parasite or infection or inflammation or whatever it is. And it's not giving your body the ability to burn excess energy. Mm -hmm. So in addition to that, if you have bacterial overgrowth or SIBO or, um, malabsorption, you're not digesting your foods and nutrients properly, you're going to feel fatigued, you're going to feel maybe inflamed and just, just blah. <laughs> and so this is the best place to start because it gives you a comprehensive overview of what's going on inside. After that, I like to recommend. You know, if it's hormones that the individual is most concerned with, I use the Dutch test, which, as we talked about, gives you a comprehensive overview of your diurnal rhythm or your 24 hour rhythm of what your cortisol level looks like throughout the day and also tells you estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. And another test that I like to do is nutrient deficiencies um, and mold exposure or toxic exposure. And all these tests together just give you they don't give you the answers, but they can then give you you know, what's where's the best place to start. And in addition to this, and this is one that everyone should do, um, if they are struggling to lose weight, is ask your Healthcare provider, your doctor, whoever you go see for a complete thyroid panel. Mm. And this can also give you some insight as to what's going on with your thyroid, because your thyroid hormone and the hormones it produces give you fantastic insight as to what's going on with your metabolism, digestion, and so many other processes in your body that pertain to you losing that excess weight
0: which I know you did your own work, right? To see, to test yourself. And what was interesting Mm -hmm. is that you said your thyroid numbers were normal. However, uh, there was something abnormal that you found within it Mm -hmm. when you dove a little bit Mm -hmm. deeper.
2: Yeah. And this is, well, this is actually the first time I'm saying this out in public. So Mm -hmm. let's dive in. But yeah, I... Got my thyroid checked randomly and the lab values were quote unquote normal for TSH and then free T3, free T4, which are just your thyroid stimulating hormone and then your active form of thyroid and then your free T4, which is the most abundant form of thyroid. Um, Those were all normal. However, My TPO antibodies, which are your thyroid antibodies, right? So if you are reactive to anything, um, those antibodies will increase. And this is indicative of Hashimoto's. And Hashimoto's is very, very common in women. I think 90% of people who have Hashimoto's are women. And there's a big percentage of women in this day, like who have Hashimoto's, because this is an autoimmune condition. And what happens when your body starts producing antibodies or attacking itself is because there's a lot of stress, toxins, mold. It can be a whole list or trauma, past trauma that you're holding on to and haven't released. And so what I found out was my TPO antibodies were skyrocketed high. And when I dove deeper, I also saw that I had toxic mold exposure. So I'm still on my own health journey, kind of going through peeling the layers of the onion, the health onion, I should say, and getting to the root cause of how to support um, my body. And so this is, this is why I'm so passionate about this topic is because I see it so often in women that they are kind of going through this process of, you know, whether it's Hashimoto's or another health concern or autoimmune, and they're, Again, their diet and exercise is locked in, but there are these other factors that they need to handle first. So it's it's very comprehensive and it can be super overwhelming and in terms of finding the right practitioner, you just you go to someone you know, like and trust who you've been referred to and whoever feels good for you. Um just make sure they're an expert in their respective field so you get the best care possible.
1: Thanks for sharing that. And I think you sharing your story about this kind of stuff is so important and all clinicians, and we've said it on our show before that the best clinicians, the best dietitians, the best coaches all have their own coaches, dietitians, and you know doctors themselves that they have sought out, that they have done the trial and error, tried out different people, found who they jive with, because sometimes it is a little bit of a journey. And again, I appreciate you sharing your story because you just talk about it. it. It gave you more information, but it didn't give you the answer. It it, it, it mm-hmm. laid down another one of those breadcrumbs for you. It helped to start lead you in the right direction, which again is something that can be frustrating for people because they get the next test and they have this information and it's frustrating because we don't know how to Fix it because it's not that root cause. So, if you if you'd be open to it, could you share a little bit into like so? Now what? What have you been doing? What are some things that you've explored? You know, changing or you know, changing in your environment to maybe address that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I am hyper. <laughs> I shouldn't say hyper aware because obviously I'm hyper aware of diet. Um, but what's another word I want to say? I don't know how what. Well, adjective I want to use to describe this, but I'm very aware of what I put into my body. So even more now than I was before. And that's step number one for me. Step number two was, and this is another layer, but this is something that I've also found in my um, my Dutch test is that and twenty three and me. So if you if you wanted, you could also see what your what's happening with your genes. Um, that's maybe we could talk about that on another podcast. But <laughs> what I found out was that I have a genetic variation that doesn't allow me to methylate properly. Properly, and what methylate means it it in this context just means that I'm unable to excrete toxins. Um, with my genetic variation at the same rate as someone else, for example. So that, like I was talking about before, leads to buildup of toxin exposure. Um, and so for me, my first step was, okay, well, how do I get my body to be better at um, excreting excess toxins? Because like I said, we are surrounded by environmental toxins no matter what. Um, even in your home, like your home could be most homes, I'd imagine have some capacity of mold in it. Um, so that's another test you can run to if you really wanted to dive into your home. Um, so what I did was like, okay, well, ha, ha, I can't really block all toxins and live in a bubble. So how do I get my body better at excreting excess toxins? And so for me that looked like a methylated form of B vitamins and alpha lipoic acid to help reduce that oxidative damage. And so that's kind of where I started. I also started with my gut too. And I didn't want to take, you can take like black, black, um, walnut or wormwood oil to kind of eliminate any excess overgrowth or parasites in your gut. Um, but when I looked at my gut, I mean, inflammation was zero. So that was great. But I did use oregano oil to kind of just clear out any overgrowth that I had. Because if you have overgrowth, that's, that's another thing that could potentially cause inflammation or just like malabsorption of any sort. So I wanted to clear that out. And then I put in, um, some supplementation to help me detoxify. And so that was like where I started. And I'm still on this journey. I'm still learning about what my body needs. But another thing on that note is those stressors, right? So whether it's toxic exposure or exercise, um, that you have to manage both. And so I've also decreased the intensity of my exercise. Wow. And this has to do as well with fasted workouts too. And so this could probably be another conversation for another day. But fasted workouts for women are a lot different than for men. And women really have to be aware of where they're at with their menstrual cycle and just in general of they have to be aware of fasting too much and doing fasted workouts. Because again, those are stressors and if your body can't metabolize the metabolites of that stress <laughs> um it's going to build up and then it leads to you know potential potential harmful side effects down the road and that could present itself as an autoimmune like hashimotos um not always but it can also lead to you know elevated cortisol which then as I talked about before, leads to excess weight around the belly or chest. So that was a lot of information. I'm not <laughs> sure if I spiraled in too many different directions, but...
0: <laughs> no, I mean, this is all such good information. And I know for a fact, people are going to want us back because you just have so much knowledge. One of the things that I love about you most is that you spend your your time not watching Netflix. You watch, <laughs> <laughs> you watch You watch videos to learn. You read things. You... You continue diving in like a true nerd that you are. And I absolutely love it. But what I also appreciate is is like people don't like people see you on Instagram. You're fit and you're healthy and you look amazing. What Dom and I know is, you know, someone who's super strict on diet, super diligent on exercise and what you do. So to hear even you are saying, okay, how can I modify? How can I pull back? How can I listen to my body in a different way? And you're really taking the steps and the tools to do that, I think is so incredibly important for people to truly understand. Because I know, speaking as your good friend, how hard that mm-hmm. would be for you to step mm-hmm. back, to not go as intensely. And I know for a lot of women, like it's almost like a, a, an opposite thing to tell me to not work out as much. Like, no, I if I work out three times a day, that's even better for me. You know, it's like mm-hmm. this this mindset that we have about more, 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 hammer it in, hammer it in. And now, you know, we're actually learning, we should almost be doing the opposite.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah. And on that note, I mean, yeah, like you said, you know, I love training. Training is my meditation. And so I've dialing that back, obviously, is just like a different form of like, you know, shortening the the duration and you know alternating that intensity and what that looks like for my specific body and training level and in addition to what you were saying about dialing it back instead of doing more I think I don't know why just like now I don't know how long this has been going on for but it's like women especially, need to be so aware of like their go, 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 do more, do more, do more, be successful, like masculine energy, Mm. and really try to balance that out with like, okay, I'm not feeling doing all the things this week, I'm gonna give myself the time and grace to dial it back. And once you become okay with that and give yourself permission to do that, you will realize how much better you feel throughout the month and Mm -hmm. throughout the year. So instead of doing go, 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 like have a plan to where it ebbs and flows, you have time and this could look like in work in creativity mode and exercise and what have you. You have to have these seasons of... It's like in-season and off-season, right? If you're an athlete. It's like you have these seasons for a reason because your body and brain need time to recoup and get stronger during that off time so that you can go and get better during that time where you're actually like going to work.
1: So I would say I think that that's one of the most important little tidbits that you've given this whole time like you said for women also for men you know I'm, I'm someone who likes to run myself into the ground too and i think one of the challenges for a lot of people it is that mindset and is doing those things that gives us a short-term artifact of feeling good you know like doing those extra workouts mm-hmm. there is some like short-term artifact and physiologic artifact that's going to make us feel good acutely but like you said a lot of the issues is where we get those chronic undertones that start to override, you know, depending on where exactly that's coming from in our body, it's going to be a little bit different for everybody. But I think it's that, that short term artifact of those dopamine hits and that good feeling of accomplishing things, you know, one after another that people just get into Mm -hmm. and we don't recognize that long term stuff that's happening to our body. So
2: yeah. And on that note, like women who Right, you said if I do this, maybe more is better, and it's the same thing with restricting calories. If I restrict a little bit, maybe if I do it all the time, it'd be better. Yeah, when in reality, even restricting calories or intermittent fasting or trying out different, you know, diet protocols that needs to be in season and off season, too. Your body mm-hmm. needs to know it's safe, mm-hmm. that's key. And it needs to know it's safe. And then you also need to sprinkle in those stressors so it can adapt and become stronger.
1: Yeah. So, in kind of touching into this, you know, calorie restriction or intermittent fasting, I know that you're really passionate in this area. And, you know, people throw around intermittent fasting versus time-restricted eating versus caloric restriction. Can you kind of cut into that a little bit and tell us a little more about those things?
2: I would love to. Yeah. So, I am a big fan of time-restricted eating, which just means you're eating within a certain window of time and you're fasting within a certain window of time. And I believe this to be such an amazing approach because it's flexible and it also shortens that window to allow your body that time to rest and repair. So it's like you're in season and off season throughout the 24-hour cycle. Um, However, the problem arises when women, specifically premenopausal women, start doing this too often. And this is where a term, your infradian rhythm, is actually a word I just learned about, which just means a rhythm or a cycle or phase that's longer than 24 hours. So women have an Amphraean rhythm of 28 to 35 days, their menstrual cycle, right? So we have to fit diet, exercise, intermittent fasting, if that's what you're practicing or time-restricted feeding, whatever term you want to use for that. You have to make sure that all three things are in alignment with your infradian rhythm. So what phase you're in throughout your menstrual cycle. And if you're postmenopausal, you can even do this and be in alignment with the phases of the moon. Because back in the day, that's, that's what we were all in alignment with, is the phases of the moon, whether it pertains to that 24 hour cycle, or that month long cycle.
0: Wow, this is fascinating. Um, we're probably going to have to dive into this more in another podcast, but I do want to just touch on, you know, okay, since you brought it up, like working with your cycle, what does that mean in terms of
2: exercise Mm -hmm. and what does that mean in terms of food? Yes. Amazing question. And this is definitely, I can go on for probably a whole day on this topic, (laughs) but in as a broad overview, so your menstrual cycle is, let's say, four phases, right? You have your follicular phase, which is phase one, starting after your bleed. And during this phase, your you want to support the production of your hormones because right after your bleed is when, or sorry, during menstruation, so your bleeding time, that's when your hormones are at its lowest point. So, during your follicular phase, you want to support the production of hormones and then also support liver detoxification as well. And so, during your follicular phase, your metabolism is actually a little bit slower in comparison to the next phase, your luteal phase. So, during this phase, which lasts about 7 to 10 days, this is a good time for you to try you know, experimenting with time-restricted feeding because your body's metabolism is lower. So, you don't need as much food during this time. So, maybe you experiment or start with a 12-hour fast during this time and see what it feels like maybe to push that to 14 hours, maybe once a week or twice a week. Mm -hmm. And just kind of experiment with that or maybe fuel your body with that first meal with like, low or no carbohydrates and just focus on fat to maximize your body's ability to start burning fat for fuel. So activating that metabolic flexibility. And then the next phase is The next big phase is your luteal phase. But in between that, you have your ovulatory phase. So during your ovulatory phase of your menstrual cycle, this is when your hormones, progesterone and estrogen are on the rise. They're kind of at its peak. You probably feel very good at this time. But your energy expenditure, your metabolism is is elevated. So during this time would not be a good time to fast or restrict because your body needs that fuel. Like it's doing so much for you at that time. And then as it continues to ebb and flow, there's another dip and rise in estrogen and progesterone throughout the next phase, your luteal phase. Um, And this rise in progesterone specifically, it slows down digestion. So this is why people Women tend to feel a little bit bloated at this time um, because progesterone's job is to relax relax your muscles to allow you know that egg to get into the uterus so it also slows down gut motility so mm-hmm. what you want to do throughout your luteal phase so after ovulation is support your body with those complex carbohydrates or resistant starches more specifically. So like your legumes and sweet potatoes or those greenish bananas. Um, And this will help support, you know, that gut motility and getting things moving along. Um, And also it will support your blood sugar stabilization. So you want to make sure that you, since your metabolism is starting to rev up during this phase, you want to make sure you're giving your body the right foods so that those cravings that typically come in the week before your period, you can combat those before they get there. So that's, and then you're, during your menstrual cycle, you of course want to support energy levels with micronutrients that you are losing in the bleed. So that's kind of the cycle as it pertains to diet. And then your exercise during your menstrual phase, some people or their um, menstruation, some women feel like they can lift heavy, and some feel like they need to lay in bed. And so you get to listen to your body at this time But since your hormones are at its lowest point, maybe it's like the first, you know, one, two, three days, you do yoga and restorative stretching, and then you can start to pick up the intensity. And then during that first phase, your follicular phase, that's when you can get after it with heavy strength training. So that one to two weeks, you can build up the intensity. And then during your ovulatory phase and then your luteal phase, your early luteal phase. So that week, you know, three-ish, you want to, you can either choose to build your intensity from the phase before or start to decrease the intensity of your workouts. And then definitely the week before you want to use that, the week before your menstruation I suggest using that week as a deload. Like I said, you want to be in in season and off season throughout the month. So use that week before your period when your body's, you know, revving up its energy um, to menstruate, and use that time to deload and drop the weight and volume of your exercise. And you'll see how much better you feel when you kind of align your workouts. With these phases rather than push, 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 push. Because while it sounds like great that during the luteal phase your metabolism or energy expenditures revved up, it sounds great. Okay, well, why don't I rev it up more with some exercise? In theory, sure. But in reality, those are both stressors on your body. And what happens when you do that too hard, too often, it increases cortisol. And then it goes down that beautiful cycle of increasing belly fat. So, that was a lot.
1: (laughs) I got to say, if we ask the question, we're going to have to expect an answer. And you just threw down like a little masterclass on diet and exercise throughout the menstrual cycle. Seriously. And if anybody out there was listening, you should have been taking notes. We were practically (laughs) taking notes. I'm fascinated by this because it's just an example of like what the body is asking of us, what the body is doing for us. And Mm -hmm. are we listening to those things and are we supplying what the body needs? And there are things that we can be aware of like, okay, maybe during this stage you should do this. Again, though, whether it is the exercise or the diet, I heard you saying, you know, it is going to be a little bit individualized based on what your body likes during that time. So Mm -hmm. there's a good framework and now go explore. Yeah. And I think that that's a great place to... Totally. Leave all of this amazing information you got. And it's just scratching the surface. And I know you have a lot more out there with an ebook, with everything you have on Instagram. So where can people find more of that stuff to dig into before the next time we have you on?
2: (laughs) Yes. All things on Instagram. Head over to there and you will find all the links in my bio. Perfect. At Julia Glanz.
0: We'll also link it up in the show notes. So you guys can just literally go click the links in the show notes to her Instagram, to her ebook. Um, And learn like you can hear she is full of information and that is why we love her so much. Well, I mean, just because she's an incredible human, (laughs) but also I love her as my resource because she has such incredible information. And I know, Julia, we're going to have you on probably multiple times to dig into different topics because, yeah, you just... You know, you continue to do the work and we appreciate it. And we learned so much from you. And just thank you, one, for for being open to share that information, to continuing to learn it and for being open to talk about your story. And I hope you continue to be open about that because it's it's important for people to realize, you know, even though she looks so fit and amazing, like she's got some stuff
2: she's working on, too. Mm hmm. Exactly. And everyone has their journey. And thank you guys for providing the space for me to share. And I am happy to come on again. I'm here for all the conversations. You know it. (laughs) So anytime. All right. Thanks, love. We'll talk to you
0: soon. Love you guys. Bye. All right. So I just want to reemphasize, if you are a woman, Getting the Ultimate Guide to Intermittent Fasting for Women by Julia Glands is highly recommended this program has so much knowledge and you guys just got to hear just like a little bit of what she has to offer but her guide really goes into full detail to really support your body. And this is about health. This isn't about losing weight and decreasing calories. This is truly about your health of your body as a woman. And I just recommend going to get it. So we're going to link it in the show notes. So you can just go to the show notes, go to the website. I promise we're going to have it linked and I highly recommend checking it out.
1: And there we have it, yet another amazing guest on the Optimal Body Podcast. So now what we ask of you, if you loved any bit of that or resonated with it, go share it out, share it with a friend, share it on your social media, because you know there are more people out there that would resonate with it just the same. Also, subscribe, rate, review on your favorite podcast app, so we know what you want to learn or other guests that you think we should bring on for you in the future. Keep tuning in to find your Optimal Body.